Hey, you're listening to We're Both Right, Episode 2, brought to you the week of April 17, 2019, with your hosts, James and Jennifer Kennison. Today, we're going to be talking about how to get over a destructive relationship and how to keep a marriage strong after the kids leave. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to We're Both Right, Episode 2. I am James. And I'm Jen. And we're a married couple, and we dispense wisdom. A lot of wisdom. A lot of it. So uh, let's jump right into it. This comes to us from Unknown. When I went to college for the first time, I met a girl. Let's call her Mary. That was a pretty cool girl. She was a good, a good girl. We hit it off not long after we started dating. Things were fine for a while until she started being more aggressive. I just thought I was doing something wrong. and I tried to make her happy. Things didn't get better. And it got to the point where she got physically and emotionally abusive. After a while, I left that college and broke up with her. I haven't talked with her since. But what she did still affects me from time to time with random flashbacks to what happened and the things that she said. My wife is an amazing, supportive person who has been trying to help me through it. What is y'all's advice to someone who could be the same kind of in the same kind of position as I was in? What words of wisdom would you give so that they can move on? Hope you guys have a great day. All right. Well, I would say first of all, he he's asking us to answer it as if we're talking to a person who is either going to encounter this or is going through it currently. Um, so, but it, it still seems like he wants an answer for himself. Okay. But I, that would be my guess. All right. So let's do it all. Let's hit all three. Then first of all, let's start at the beginning. If you're a person who's dating, um, it's dating is dangerous. Yes, it is. Uh, my son, he had a girl that liked him and he was in like fourth grade. And so he made all this stuff to give to her. And the next day she hated him and it crushed his little heart. Um, and I told him, I pulled him aside and I said, this is the danger. This is, (laughs) that's the beginning. (laughs) This is the beginning. This is how it is. We take all the risks us men and we put it out there and, 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 uh, you know, open our hearts and we can just be manipulated and crushed and, and messed with and all this stuff. Um, and I said to him, the same thing I will say here is I said, next time move a little slower. And he said, okay. And I think that's good advice in this situation, too. When you're moving into a relationship, go slow. Get to know the person. Talk to them. Uh, you know, I, I know that we get our hearts thumping hard and we, we start liking each other and we want to kiss and make out and all that kind of stuff. But all those things are surface. You, you need to know who you're getting involved with. And the only way you're going to do that is by spending time with them and talking with them and discussing things. Um, early in Jennifer and, and my relationship, uh, we did a lot of talking. I mean, hours and hours and hours on the phone talking about politics and religion and the way uh, we feel kids should be raised and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was it was an accident. We weren't particularly smart teenagers. No, um, but we did end up talking quite a bit and we ended up connecting quite a bit. Um, so that would be my first tip. So 
I would go a little bit differently. I mean, that's a good tip. So, um, Hey, the name of the show is we're both right. So, so you can disagree all you want as long as you admit that I'm ultimately, you're obviously right. Oh, yeah, thank no. You. Um, so I would dig a little bit more deeply into this situation and just say, you know, he, he started out and he thought everything was fine. And then, and then she started acting badly and he thought he was doing something wrong. Mm. And I think there's a key right there in that he thought he was doing something wrong instead of reacting normally to, you know, someone starts treating you badly. The normal reaction is to basically get away from that person. Right. You know, that's your, that's your typical. Now, but people don't always do that because, you know, either something in their experience or, or something in their life has wired them differently and they feel they take it on themselves. They feel like it's their fault and, and they try to fix it. And so, so that would be the first thing I'd say is, you know, one of the reasons this guy probably keeps reliving this is nothing to do with the girl and everything to do with him. Mm. It, that there's something in him that's making him, you know, he's, it, 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 it like uh, pushed into something he'd already experienced in life ah. because his reaction to this was um, not your normal, typical reaction, yeah. especially a dating relationship. I mean, if someone starts treating you bad, you can just walk away. Well, let's take that example to the extreme. You're sitting there and you're you're a kid playing with a toy. Uh, a friend of yours comes up and slaps you. Uh, a normal kid would cry, complain, get attention, you know, from the teacher and, and get away. Mm -hmm. But the reaction that we're seeing here is a child that would say, I wonder what I did to deserve that. Yeah. And, and that's not, you're saying that's not normal. Right. I mean, especially, I would say, especially in a dating relationship, that's kind of the point of it. It's like, hey, you can walk away at any time and there's not much at stake except for the fact that, you know, nobody likes to go through the failed relationship part of it. So, so there's something in this person's life, in in their childhood, possibly earlier in life, that happened that uh, changed something in them and made them feel like they were responsible for the way other people felt exactly. and behaved. Yeah. Okay. That, that's what I would pull out of this because the other thing that's not normal about this situation is that, you know, he broke up with her, which was a healthy way of dealing with, you know, someone who got physically and emotionally abusive. But um, he, you know, he's married, he's in what sounds like a good, strong, you know, relationship, strong marriage now, and he's still having flashbacks. Right. So to me, that, that's got to be way beyond this girl. I mean, someone's abuse and power over you has triggered something deeper. Yeah. It's not something that usually lasts. And that, you know, it's like if you have a bad friend, you know, you have a friend that hurts you badly. I mean, like that. Th that's tough to get over, but it's not something that probably would just you'd carry with you yeah. forever unless there was a reason that it hurt you more deeply than a normal, you know, event. Um, it is good that you got out of that relationship. Congrats, uh, for a good marriage and a supportive wife. Um, but yeah, she's out of your life and the fact that she's still popping up and still affecting you and, and it's become a thing. Um, that's a sign that there's something deeper going on. I know when I first read this, I told uh, Jen that, yeah, we would bat it around a little bit and talk about our thoughts and things. But um, 
I would really consider uh, suggesting to you that you seek counseling um, for this uh, because you need to find out what that issue is and what what made you decide to become a person that um, blames himself when other people act wrong to you. You know, wh- who who manipulated you? Who who uh, oppressed you when you were younger? And what vows did you make as a child or uh, ideas about yourself did you form that made you okay with her, uh, you know, uh, uh, hurting you? And, and instead of reacting normally, reacting in a way that, that almost excused her and put the blame on you. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Do you have anything to add? I mean that's that's probably to the the extent of our um, yeah because we're not <laughs> professionals at all no and and you know we don't even have near enough information to say much more than that but yeah I would definitely agree that the problem you know while the problem at its face value seems like it's her and and all that she put you through and I'm sure it was terrible I, I think your problem now you know she's long gone she's gone. So if it's still an issue, it's, it's, it's something in you and, and it's something worth exploring. I mean, you're at least healthy enough to, you know, share it with your wife to, to be trying to get through it. I would explore it with a counselor and just say, this is bothering my normal life and it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, I, I would, um, I would also give a word word of advice on selecting a counselor. Uh, Jen and I recently started, uh, counseling just the two of us, just for some um, marriage upkeep. We'll actually get into some of that in the next question. Um, and we went through quite a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would sit and and do the opening, everybody get to know each other kind of thing. And when we walked out, we're like, no way are we ever going back to that person again. Um, one of them was outright destructive. So um, I think in a lot of ways, uh, counselors... Um, can be like medication. You, you just got to keep trying them until you find out what works for your situation. And uh, you'll know when you get a good one. We would suggest Christian counseling. We always like that, but there are some great secular counselors out there as well. I just like having the additional bonus of having God thrown in there once in a while. Um, Cause it's, it's more holistic in my opinion, dealing yeah. with the spirit because we're so we're spiritual people. So um, as far as any words of wisdom that, that, that would help to move on, I, I don't know that there are words. Um, I would just say daily focus on the miracle of what you ended up with and, and how your life is currently in spite of what this person did to you. And, uh, thank God for that every single day. So. Um, this one, I'm also going to keep anonymous because I, I haven't asked people's permission whether they want their names listed out. So uh, It's if, probably best that nobody's names are named and then we don't yeah. have to worry about it because yeah. well, really there's no need to know. We'll call this person Becky. Okay. Uh, Becky. Uh, my husband and I have noticed that the greater percentage of couples we know who get divorced seem to have grown apart after having several children. We don't have any children yet, but that's one of our goals in our future. What is some advice that both of you have for ways to stay connected during the busy period of life with several children and their activities? A lot of the couples we know get a divorce when their children are a bit older, close to the age of yours. 
dun, 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 junior high and high school age. It, yeah. se- it seems like when couples have very little time together and a lack of uh, continuing common interest, they don't see any hope other than getting out of their relationship. Ironically, we have seen this most in couples who always said divorce was never an option for them. This is an issue I would love advice on before it becomes a problem for us. Thank you so much for any suggestions you have. I hold much respect for both of you as a longtime Kennison fan through the podcast community. And uh, her name is Becky. Mm. Yeah, Becky. So thanks, Becky. She She's asking a lot of stuff, and it, and it does kind of hit us where we live. Um, we are in a place where our kids are starting to get their own lives, and they are starting to take up more and more of our time. Yeah. I mean, I guess they always did. It's just different. Now it because, involves more driving. Yeah. I mean, at first you, you would, you, they take up all your time because you have to keep them from like destroying themselves and others because <laughs> they're tiny. And, and then, you have to keep carting that poop away. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the, they get older and they're kind of busy and there's some period in there where they can kind of entertain themselves. Well, they can dress themselves and bathe themselves. Yeah. And, and there is some time where you're like, ah, but yeah, we've noticed now that, our kids are, are getting older. Um, they're starting to become, well, they're getting their own lives. That's the only way I could say. Unfortunately, it. they don't drive with their own lives. Yes. So we have to drive them everywhere yeah. they need to go, yeah, it's which not, is, and we great. have to go to their stuff Yeah. and we have to cheer for their teams Yep. and all that kind of stuff. And I would say Jen, Jennifer and I would be probably in a little more danger than um, we knew. If, we hadn't started going to counseling. Um, we started because I, I've been dealing with depression quite a bit. Uh, my wife struggles a little bit with a little bit of sadness and stress, you know, and stuff. Uh, obviously, my, my, uh, my depression was huge and, and, and changed our family, caused my wife to have to become the primary breadwinner, uh, took my job from me and all this stuff. It, it was just a good idea for us to go out and, and get some, I don't know, just get some counseling. And, and what I found myself believing as we uh, would communicate, and that's ultimately what we started talking about. I mean, there was issues and stuff, but what it really came down to was how to communicate with each other and, and what, what, what kind of things we were doing that were um, throwing up, um, walls yeah between us things that i would say that meant some one thing to me and another thing to you and vice versa and things that made you defensive or me defensive and then therefore we felt attacked and so then we closed out off or we quit talking or whatever all i'm saying all that to say that i have come to the realization that every marriage should be maintained as well as you maintain your vehicle or any other item that you value. And uh, so my, my, my belief is go to counseling before you need counseling. That would be my thing is um, anytime you get a chance to work on your relationship, uh, whether it be a, a, a weekend off at a, at a retreat or a couple's therapy session or whatever um, you, you've got to, make those connections on purpose because life does not push you into each other. 
Well, and one thing I would say is I think, and and I can't really speak to that dynamic particularly of why people, why this happens at the age that our kids are, why it's happening but it does. It to does. the people. Yeah, I mean, uh, it kind of happens all across the board. But one thing, you know, when you have kids, it goes through these different stages. It starts out, you know, these, you know, a baby takes up all your time. And it's a difficult dynamic for married when you're married because you're used to each having your own time. And you don't really have, you have shared house responsibilities, but they're not that heavy. And then all of a sudden you have this child that's demanding 24 hours a day care that you're kind of splitting, but you're not splitting, you know, and, and that, that kind of continues as you, the, the child, kid, baby, he or she's always there in one way, shape or form. And it changes every bit of the dynamics and you have to, you have to learn how to Get, you know how to cope with that how to how that fits in your marriage you basically add somebody to your marriage I, th- I think what happens to a lot of folks is they get married um and probably too soon and then they have children and like you said when, once you have kids everything kind of becomes about the kids it has to yeah you know your connection with your spouse is uh based on the fact that you need them to help you raise these kids <laughs> You know, yeah. And for so many people, I think the children become the focus and the reason. And then once the kids are grown up and don't need them as much, they look at each other and they see strangers. Yeah, because one thing uh, I think we've noticed recently is we've had more, a lot of times, more alone time than we'd had probably in the past ten, you know, fifteen years. Yep. Because our kids are old enough to stay home by themselves. And we can actually go out without them, whereas, you know, that dynamic doesn't happen forever. Oh, yeah. So you you hit that point where, yeah, like like James said, you kind of look at each other like you don't really know who this person is across the table from you because you've never had to actually have a conversation with them without the children around. So I'm going to say it again. Go slow. You know, um, let's assume you're married already and you haven't had kids. Go slow. Get to know each other. Fall in love all over again. Uh, see each other happy and sad and and stressed and angry and and good and 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 all those things. And have 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 a real relationship that you build. Give yourself some time. Jen and I waited eight years before we had kids. We were really bored. Um, we were we were kind of bored with it all, and we're like, okay, well, let's have some kids, and we did. And um, we're old parents now. You know, we got we got friends who are grandparents, which is crazy. If yeah, you think it about is. It. Uh, and and here we've got a kid that's just going into middle school, another one just going into high school next year. Uh, and and I'm 45, and Jennifer is is 26. Thank you. And um, I'm actually 27. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I always mess that up. But I think because we're older, and because we have that relationship and that connection, that I think we're going to weather this part of our life and we're going to come out on the other end a lot better off because when you have kids, everything stops and you see this even in single parenthood. If, if there's a young person, a young lady say, and they have a, a, a dreams and ambitions when they have a child outside of wedlock, you see their life just stop. Everything levels off. Chances are not good that they're going to better themselves during this period when they have to in, intentionally give so much of their life to their kid 
And in, in, a, in a, even in a married relationship, um, when you're going to kind of have to coast <laughs> through a certain amount of, of uh, the kid's childhood because it can't be all about you two anymore. Yeah. You, you suddenly have no time whatsoever to yourself. Yeah. And dates are hard yeah. and it becomes a thing you don't even do. Because you have to get a babysitter and it costs money. And then when you do go out, you end up at Target buying stuff instead of going out. Because it's easier to go without the kids. Yes. It's free time. It's a date. It counts. But more recently, Jen and I have decided to make time for each other weekly. And that is on Wednesdays. And we go usually to Olive Garden. And we sit together and, and we hold hands across the table and we talk. And we try to stay off our phones. We're not always successful. <laughs> won't call any names out loud. James. Jennifer. <laughs> um, but we have really, um, I, 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 don't, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I think we were probably on the verge of flirting with being that couple. Like we had that potential. I guess every couple does, though. I think they do because I think you get so caught up in just trying to get through all the different things you're trying to get through. And then suddenly they're gone. Yeah. They're in college or whatever. And then your house is empty. And you're just staring. Who is this? Yeah. What do we do now? Well, I want to start now. And that's what we've done is we've started reconnecting and, and flirting with each other, being around each other uh, and just getting that, keeping that spark and um, seeing her as a woman instead of a mother and, and seeing her outside the context of, of our four member family, you know, just me and her, when we used to just be buds and we, we hung out and we were best friends and we loved each other and, and uh, had fun together and watched lost together and, and heroes and all that stuff. And uh, 24. Yep. This was all pre kids. And uh, with our Netflix DVDs that we got in the that's mail, right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just we just dated ourselves so much, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, you know, before we had kids, we we could have the dinners we wanted and we, you know, got to watch the shows we wanted to watch and stuff like that. Um, and and I'm looking forward to getting back to that. We've only got eight years till the little one is off in, in school. And um, I think we're going to be ready for it. And it's because we're preparing now. So I think a lot of people, like I said, they get divorced because they never really had a strong connection in the first place. They had a basic one. They had kids too soon or they got married too soon. And um, they, they learned about each other through their parenting. And they, they learned the wife learned to be a mother. The, the husband learned how to be a father instead of a husband. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to wait so long coming from a broken home as you did too. Uh, I, I didn't want to get divorced and I wanted to, I wanted to date a long time and we did, we dated for four years and then we got married. Then we waited because I told people I want to learn how to be a good husband before I have to learn to be a good father. And, you know, the joke goes that I, I finally gave up on that because I, I could be a great father. No, <laughs> never going to be a great husband. And, uh, but those eight years were precious and, um, 
they, I think, uh, are the foundation that, that we're now able to go back and stand on and say, you know, uh, we do have a relationship outside these kids and it's going to be us again one day. And that, granted, the kids will always be there and they'll always need stuff. And Jay will always live in our basement, but <laughs> he better not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when it is us, I, I hope, uh, well, I know, I know for a fact, I believe with all my heart that we're going to be just fine because um, I, I like spending time with you alone. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and going back to, you know, her original question, I think about her situation was, um, you know, just, just in your marriage, you're just going to have to be intentional with yeah. it. You know, when you have kids, you have to realize that kids are going going to change the dynamic and, and you have to try to protect the marriage within this new dynamic. And it's hard. It's, it's not a given. And, and having kids is a life-changing experience. Um, you, whatever you did before is so different after, but, uh, it, it just means you have to be intentional. They are worth it though. We're, we're, I feel like we're painting children as these demons that destroy marriages and <laughs> they are demons, but they, they don't intentionally destroy marriages. And they're not <laughs> intentionally uh, demonic. They just come with devils in them and you have to, uh, discipline it out of them. Well, they come with nothing, and so you but have badness. to you have to really work hard. <laughs> <laughs> they they know nothing. I remember you told me the other day. You're like, "What is this kid doesn't know our colors?" <laughs> I know when Jenna. How dumb are you? <laughs> when Jenna was little and she didn't know what like orange was, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong with my child?" <laughs> I never realized that you like learn that. Yeah, <laughs> so, like a fundamental. <laughs> I never remembered not knowing it, but yeah, I remember. Oh, she's. She's special. <laughs> I remember. I remember Jay. His his last horrible thing that he had to get over was G, phonics, and G means guh, and he couldn't get it in his dumb little brain. And uh, now he knows G. G says guh. Yeah, he can actually read now. So yeah, he's very <laughs> good reader actually. Um, but but like I said, you know, I I think what you um what you do before children matters. I think what you do during children matters. And there's going to be times where you can't go out. There's going to be sick kids. There's going to be, you know, issues and things and stuff. But uh, it, it really helps to have good family around that can take the kids, um, whether those families are blood family or just family, like, you know, friends, family. Um, it helps to have that support system around you and, um, you know. I, hang in there. I, I will say one extra thing. Um, one thing I've seen that's actually very divisive in a marriage um, with respect to kids is when uh, w- the husband and wife kind of pit themselves against each other with the kids ah. um, because they don't agree with the parenting styles. Um, meaning like the dad thinks that, that a kid should be able to do something and the wife thinks that he shouldn't. So one parent will go behind the back of the other and allow it or, or one plays the good parent and the other one has to therefore be the bad parent or talk badly about, well, you know, your dad's kind of stupid, but yeah, that, that kind of thing. I would say, you know, in preparation of having kids discuss a lot of kids yes. stuff, try to get on the same page because, you know, the the parenting stuff is hard. It, it plays is. on your emotions. But if you're both on the same team, you're presenting a united front and you're not. You, you can win. You can win against the kids. <laughs> against the kids. They'll gang up on you. Otherwise, 
They yeah. will defeat you. They will. But I mean, I, I've seen people, you know, where the the kid, their the individual parents' relationship with the kids creates, you know, division between the two. Between them, oh, that makes sense. Because they don't agree with the, you know, they they want to parent their kids a, a certain way, and they they don't agree, and that's that's a really destructive thing. It's the kids will play it, you know, they pick up on it and they'll play it, use it against you, both parents. Mm-hmm. And it's not good for them. Um, no, because it messes with their security. They need to. They need the best thing you can do for your kids is have a strong relationship and a strong marriage, and for them to know that dad loves mom and mom loves dad, and uh, you know maybe even more than they love me. It, it it gives them security, and it's the basis for being able to maintain discipline structures in your home. Uh, that unity that you guys have is absolutely fundamental and it will carry you through this period and benefit you as well as your children. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, dadgummit, we're done then. Well, great. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, send in your questions or topic suggestions to james at nlcast.com and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, James. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No. Thank you. Stop thanking me. (laughs) You're just supposed to say you're welcome when somebody says thank you. You're welcome. All right. That was snarky. I meant it with all my heart.